The reading is from Romans chapter 4, verses 1 to 17. And it's Abraham's justification of faith. What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, our forefather, discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the man who does not work, but trusts God who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness, apart from works. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Is this blessedness only for the circumcised, or also for the uncircumcised? We have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. In what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then, He is the father of all who believe, but have not been circumcised, in order that righteousness might be credited to them. And he is also the father of the circumcised, who not only are circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. It was not through law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be the heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who live by law are heirs, faith has no value, and the promise is worthless, because law brings wrath, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace, and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Not only those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead dead, and calls things that are not as though they were. So we're continuing our series titled Disciples Embodying God's Grace and today we look at the promise guaranteed by grace. Let us pray. Our God we want to thank you for your words to us. We pray that you would speak afresh, help us to hear, understand, 
receive and grow in what you are speaking to us about in these days. Use me, your servant Lord, we pray uh, that I may be able to communicate what you've laid upon my heart and perhaps more. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So uh, the Apostle Paul refers to uh, this promise guaranteed by grace in chapter 4 of his letter to the Christians in Rome. In verse 16 we hear it kind of spelt out for us. Therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Now our verse begins with a therefore. So let's see what the therefore is there for. Um, Paul has turned to Abraham uh, for the example and pattern that he provides for the Christian, both Jewish and Gentile followers of Jesus. And he writes about how Abraham was justified before God. Now to be justified means to be put in a right relationship with God through forgiveness of sin. You may have heard it before, justified means just as if I'd not, not sinned. Just as if I'd not sinned. In other words, we are made holy and acceptable to God. So Paul makes it clear that Abraham was not justified before God through his own effort, his own works. If he had gained justification before God by his own works, then he would have been able to boast that he was made right with God by his own effort. Paul makes it clear Abraham was not able to make that boast before God. So how did Abraham gain his justification, his just as if I'd never sinned status. By God's grace, through an exercise of faith in God's promised word. Faith is the all-important ingredient, the life-changing ingredient. Faith is what counts. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. In other words, what Abraham could not gain by his own effort, God gave freely. God credited righteousness to Abraham's bankrupt account. God gave freely what could not be earned and was not deserved. By expressing that faith, Abraham gained what was promised. If Abraham had earned his righteousness, it would have been paid to him, much like wages are paid when we have done our work. We deserve our wages. To the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation, Paul writes. In other words, the employer is obliged to pay by agreement. Now, we like to have our wages at the end of the day, 
the week, the month, whenever they come. The trouble is, when it comes to God's wages, not one of us would want to be paid what we deserve. You see, we are all sinners. We have all sinned. And the wages of sin is death. If you ask the average person in the street, do you deserve to go to heaven? Or do you think you are more deserving of heaven than others? What do you think the answer will be? Most people like to think that they are good people. They have done good things. Enough good things to get them into God's good books. However, the Bible makes it very clear that we have all, without exception, done bad things. And we have failed on many occasions to do the good things we ought to have done. We are thoroughly guilty of being sinners. And God, who is holy, deals with sin through righteous judgment upon it. And that judgment is death. The wages of sin is death. Eternal separation from God. What an awful prospect. Surely we wouldn't wish this upon ourselves, or our families, our friends, our communities. Surely if there was such a way to avoid such a catastrophe, we would seek it out and embrace it. This is where there is good news. Because though the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life. God's gift of life is freely given. His gift of forgiveness, redemption, justification. He does not wait for us to be good. He saves us when we are bad. Jesus came not to call the righteous, but sinners. He didn't come for the healthy, he came for the sick, those who know they have a malady that they themselves cannot cure, a disease that leads to death. See, there are many who think they are okay, that they are right with God through trying to be good by their own efforts. They may well do many of the right things outwardly, but they neglect the state of the heart. What makes a person unclean is not unwashed hands, but an unwashed heart. And how on earth do we wash our hearts clean? We're being told to wash our hands and sing happy birthday twice. <laughs> 20 seconds, but how do we wash our hearts clean? 
from all the wrong things we've done and all the right things we've failed to do. Surely all of us would admit that we fail our own standards, let alone God's perfect standards. We need to give up relying upon our own effort and receive God's free provision. Embrace God's grace. See, not one of us can earn a place in God's good books, for there is no one righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What we need is faith, because without faith it is impossible to please God. Again, let me make this clear. If you are trying your hardest, with your greatest effort to try and be pleasing to God, to be justified before God without faith, then you will fail to do so. God is not pleased where there is an absence of faith. It is by grace that we are saved, through faith. This is a gift from God so that no one can boast about their own achievement or accomplishments in dealing with their own sin. In verse 5 we read, To the one who does not work but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. God justifies the ungodly who know their need of grace. See, the Apostle Paul knew something of this amazing grace as he explains to Timothy, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. See, God does not wait until you are good or good enough. You will never be good enough in and of your own efforts. This is why God takes the initiative and sends his one and only Son, the Lord Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall receive everlasting life. You can have All the things that you have ever done wrong, taken far away from you, justified, just as if I'd never sinned. God offers free and full forgiveness. He displays complete compassion, mercy and grace towards us, removing our sins from us. Something that humanly we do not and cannot and will never be able to do for ourselves. Today, you can know forgiveness from God and a fresh start. Also, your family, your friends, your neighbours, your work colleagues, those you queue amongst at the shops, those out in the street that you pass, they are also 
offered this full forgiveness for themselves. But of course they need to hear it for themselves. So who will tell them? Who will tell them? Will you? Will you gossip this good news? Or will you hold God's great salvation tightly as your best kept secret? You know, if you knew of a cure for the greatest threat the world has ever seen, would you not say? Scientists are working hard to combat coronavirus, COVID-19, to develop a vaccine. Jesus offers us all the antidote to our greatest threat, <coughs> sin and death, through his dying on the cross. Let's be those who spread that good news of this cure. You people are not trying not to pass on this coronavirus. Not one of us would want to be responsible knowingly for another's illness because of our carelessness. But how can any one of us hold back from sharing this gospel of grace to those we live and move amongst? We've only got a short time. Our lives are gone, and so are theirs. How could we withhold the only means by which they may be forgiven for their sins? Why would we want to contain ourselves, to keep ourselves from being super spreaders of the good news, from being contagious Christians? We may wash our hands to stop the spread of coronavirus. But we must not wash our hands of the responsibility, the honour, the privilege of sharing this good news that we ourselves may have received. Each and every person that you meet, that you have in your family, that you have amongst those around you, whether you like them or not, each and every person is loved by God. God sent his son to die for them. The people around us need this life that only Jesus can bring. They need the antiviral remedy of this virus of sin that leads to death. And Jesus offers this antiviral medicine of his blood shed upon the cross. It will never run out. It is freely available to everyone. No one is the exception. No one is too bad to receive it. No one is too good to reject it. The cure of the cross is prescribed for you and for those around you. His blood brings that forgiveness of God that covers our sins. As 
Paul in his letter to the Romans reminds us that King David speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. And turning back to Abraham, who received this righteousness by faith, he did this before the works of the covenant of circumcision. Circumcision was an outward sign written in the flesh, a seal of the righteousness that had already been received through faith inwardly before he was circumcised. And in this way, Abraham serves as a father of all. A father of all who believe but have not been circumcised in order that righteousness might be credited to them. And he is then also the father of the circumcised who not only are circumcised, but will also follow in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Abraham is the father of all. All those who gain what is promised by faith, both Jew and Gentile, circumcised and uncircumcised. By faith we are Abraham's descendants. The same pattern, the examples for us, we are justified before God through grace, by faith, according to God's promise. Again, we are not justified through our good works, our perfect obedience to the law, whether that law be the written code of scripture or written in the conscience. Both Jew and Gentile have fallen short of the law, they've both been shown to be sinners. It's not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. Again, if anyone is depending upon the law, their good works, to get them into heaven, then they will be sorely disappointed. For we to stumble at just one point of the law, we are guilty of breaking, breaking it all. We are law breakers. As James reminds us, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. See, though the intention was for the law to bring life, it instead brings death. The law brings wrath. This is because as soon as the command is given, sin springs up through willful disobedience. Sin leads to death. Where there is no law, there is no transgression. And yet all of us are guilty of breaking God's perfect and holy law. So God knew that we would need a saviour. One who perfectly fulfilled the law in every way. One who was without sin to take the place of those with sin. So let Jesus take the place of you on the cross if you have not already done so, if you have not already received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, do so today. Let him take your place. Let him die in your place. Take upon himself the punishment for sin that you deserve, that I deserve, that we deserve. promise of God 
is for full and free salvation. And it's for you today. And it comes by faith. And it's for those out there that we live and move amongst. Here is the promise of God. The Lord Jesus Christ. Our Saviour and Lord. All of God's promises are yes in Christ. This promise in Christ is offered by grace, undeserved, and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. May this promise, guaranteed by God's grace, be ours today, as we seek to be Jesus' disciples embodying God's grace daily. And here I'll just add a few more words. We aren't sure, none of us are sure, what will happen in these days ahead. What life will look like, what church will look like. But take the opportunities as they are presented to you to be light and salt in the world around you. Be opportunities to serve others with goodness and grace. Take the opportunity out there to be Christ's ambassadors. For this is your calling if you belong to him. Make him known in word and in deed, in any and every way that is presented to you to minister to those around and about you and to share the hope, the reason for the hope that you have. Amen.